Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Hi everyone, Lisa Tarmati here. Um, today I wanted to do a little bit of a masterclass or a webinar or whatever you want to call it on the pros and cons of ultra running and all the benefits that it brings, but then also look at the whole side of you know the, the negative things that can be associated when you do marathon or ultra marathon running. So I hope this is going to be a bit of interest to you guys today. If you're into ultra marathon running or if you're thinking about doing one or even marathon running, um, a lot of these things will apply to you. So first of all, I wanted to look at some of the pros, some of the advantages of being an, an ultra marathon runner. Um, first and foremost, I think um, exercise is obviously good for us and we can get into the cons later on about whether that's too much exercise and the downside of that. But generally speaking, you're going to be fitter, you're going to have better cardiovascular health, um, you're going to have um, a lower BMI usually, so you're, you will lose weight through d- doing distance running. Um, it's also good for your, we have a lower incidence of stroke, we have a lower incidence of heart disease, we have a lower incidence even of cancer when we do ultramarathons regularly. Um, It slows down the ageing process to some degree. In fact, one of the interesting statistics that came up in one of the studies that I read was that your telomeres um, are lengthened by, on average, 11%. Now, you might be thinking, what the hell are telomeres? Well, I did a whole podcast on telomeres. I've got a show called Pushing the Limits. I'll give you a, a small plug to that. Um, and I had a the world's leading expert on anti-aging on the podcast, who also happens to be an ultramarathon runner. That's how I know him, Dr. Bill Andrews. And the telomeres are basically the little caps at the end of your DNA. And as they replicate and the cells replicate themselves throughout life, these get shorter and shorter and shorter. And this is what dictates the length of our lives, basically. Um, and so <clears throat> ultramarathon runners have, on average, 11% longer telomeres, which equates to around 16 years of lifespan, on average, longer. So that's a massive, massive re- reason to be doing ultramarathon running, okay? So you're going to have longer telomeres, you're going to have good cardiovascular health. You're going to have a lower incidence of stroke, lower incidence of cancer. Um, and these are all based on, on studies. I won't cite all the studies here because that would just be boring. Um, but if you want to go and do the research, you can find these studies as well. Um, now, what are the other advantages besides that? Well, you're also going to have the advantage of mental, more mental strength. So, there's a couple of aspects to look at this um, from a running perspective. Many, many ultramarathon runners will tell you that ultramarathon running has saved them from depression, from mental health issues. It helps them overcome a whole lot of, it certainly was um, a lifesaver for me. I, I dealt with depression for many, many years and um, ultramarathon running really pulled me out of it. Now, why does it do that? Well, number one, being outside in nature um, has a tendency to, to lift the spirits. It's um, good for the soul. It helps you um, react better. I think it's part of our ancestry that we were 
out in nature a whole lot more. So when you're out doing ultra marathons, training for ultra marathons, you're naturally outside, you're getting your sunshine, your vitamin D, you're getting up your endorphins as well in that whole time so that they're actually um, helping you make you actually feel better. Um, so for mental health, I think ultramarathon running is a really, really one of, the, one of the big pros of it. It helps us feel better physically and therefore mentally and helps with all our um, hormones and so on. Now, I will go over in the con section how when you can do too much and the negative effects it can have on that, but we won't do that at the moment. We're doing all the pros, all right? It can also help you get into a flow state. Um, so I, I read a really good book called uh, Stealing Fire, and it was all about how do you get yourself into flow state. Now, flow state is that state that you occasionally get into when you're in a really creative space or when things are really rolling really well. And in the running world, this sort of state is called the runner's high when you're actually floating, when you're, you've gone through all the hard stuff and when you're in a space where it's just absolutely amazing and we're just cruising along and just loving life and you're feeling powerful and strong and like you could run forever now that is called flow state and you can get into flow state when you're being creative you're an artist or making jewelry like i do but also in running and this is a very heightened state where you know there's a lot of advantages so i highly recommend reading that book um stealing fire if you want to know a little bit about that and the runner's high um, all of that sort of good stuff. So you're going to also have, on average, a lower BMI. You're going to have less fat on your body, um, and this is a very good thing. I'll go into the negative sides, um, how it burns muscle a little bit later. We're slowing down the aging. We've talked about the telomeres. It also helps you have um, stronger bones. So contrary to popular belief, a lot of people come and say to me, but aren't you going to wreck your joints running? And I'm like... No, you're not going to wreck your joints running um, unless you have a very, very poor running style. Then, yes, you could be doing some damage and then you can correct that mostly unless you've got you know, something uh, physically wrong like cerebral palsy or one foot longer than the other or those sort of things. But for the general average person, you're not going to wreck your joints running ultramarathons. Ultramarathons are also usually done at a very sedate pace. We're not sprinting because we're out there for so long. And so there's less impact. So high impact sports where you're changing direction and um, doing that sort of thing uh, usually ends up with more joint injuries than ultramarathon running where you're actually just going along nice and slowly. Now, when you are doing the, the short, sharp sort of um, sports like netball or tennis where you are stop and start you actually create stronger bones than runners do runners uh, if you take a cross section of their bones and their shins for example are actually stronger if you're doing those stop start types of things but for things like your knees and your hips you're not actually going to do a heck of a lot of damage from just cruising along at a very nice sedate pace um as, a, as an ultra marathon runner. Now, if you're doing sprints and you're, or you're a speed runner, then um, that can be a little bit different because you're putting a lot more load through the body. But generally, you're going to have stronger bones. So the old myth that you're going to wear your joints out and all that sort of thing is, in my opinion, a myth. And I've run over 70,000 Ks, and so far my knees and my, my hips and everything is good, touch wood. Um, and basically my, my take on that is that, you know, life's bad for you and you're going to wear out or rust out, so you might as well wear yourself out, in my opinion, if you're going to do it. Um, and there are ways, and what we do at Running Hot Coaching is to try to strengthen your body so that you don't have 
as much wear and tear so that you're running correctly, that you're having good running technique and all of those sort of good parts of it as well. Now, going back to the whole mental side of it, ultramarathon runners tend to be very focused, very high-achieving people, people with a type A personality who set themselves big goals. Now, I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, the ultramarathon or having this type of personality, but on average, the ultramarathoners are very focused, high-achieving people. So they're the types of people you want to employ because they're going to be getting the job done hugely. Um, we're very good at goal-setting and we're very good at um, overcoming obstacles. Now, ultramarathon running, as you know, it takes a long time. It takes a massive amount of discipline. It requires sacrifice. It requires that you can push through pain that is sometimes huge, um, boredom. You have to go through all and you have to understand the whole risk of what you're doing, etc. So there are a lot of skills that you learn along the way as an ultramarathon runner that can really benefit you in every other aspect of your life. In fact, this is what my, my, what my bread and butter is is going and talking to corporates and doing motivational speaking and talking about the benefits that you get when you push outside the comfort zone you do something like ultramarathons and it's not just that but um, and how you can apply those lessons into your daily life. Now, um, if any of you know me, you'll know my story with my mum um, and if I hadn't been an ultramarathon runner, I don't think I would have had, well, I know I wouldn't have had the skills to be able to fight through all the obstacles that we faced with her and bringing her back to full health again. Um, and um, so I'm a real proponent on the power of all of those things that you learn while pushing the limits um, that will help you in life. And on that note, I've got Mum's book. I've just finished writing Mum's book. It's now at formatting stage and it will be being released in March 2020. Um, the book is called Relentless. And it's telling the story of what I did and how I brought my mum back from being in a not much over a vegetative state to being full back into life, fully independent, driver's license, everything. And it's the journey that we went on. There's a lot of mindset stuff. There's a lot of personal development. There's a lot of mental toughness. There's also lots of stories from the running because that sort of illustrates a lot of these points. So from a mental point of view, the skills that you will learn when you're pushing yourself to do ultra marathons are going to benefit you for everything in your life, whether it's your you know, corporate job or whether it's um, you studying for something or you're just your attitude or if you're in business, you'll be able to push through barriers and keep going. You learn persistence, you learn discipline, you learn to overcome obstacles, you learn to think outside the square, you learn to deal with fear and keep moving anyway, you learn to work through massive fatigue and pain and keep going, you just learn so many great things. And that fire, if you like, of, that, of, of going through an ultramarathon will, will stand you in really good stead for everything in life. Now, on average, uh, ultramarathon runners also have less sick days. So from an employer's perspective, these are the guys you want to be employing because they're going to have less time off, especially as they get older, less time off for major medical problems and less days sick. That's, that's a statistical fact from studies that have been done. Um, so another good reason. Now, another one is confidence. The amount of confidence that you're going to get when you push yourself and you overcome 
um, all these obstacles to achieve an ultra marathon, then you are going to have a lot more confidence for anything that you're going to be facing in life. Now, doing ultra marathons, typically they are in places that are beautiful, amazing, off the beaten track. I mean, I've had the privilege of running in amazing places around the world. I've done over 2,000 k's in the Sahara. I've done the Moroccan Sahara twice, the Tunisian, the Arabian Desert, the Libyan Desert, Niger, Jordan, Gobi Desert, uh, Death Valley in the USA, different parts of the outback of Australia, the Indian Himalayas, Nepalese Himalayas, you know, and New Zealand, of course. So, you know, these, these races are typically run in some pretty out there special places where you'll get to experience different cultures and experience yourself in these different cultures and in a different environment and pushing your limits. So the stuff that you learn there is also super, super valuable. From an ancestral point of view, I truly believe that we are born to run. As my good friend Chris McDougall's book, Born to Run, says, we are born to run. This is what our ancestors have done throughout millennia is move, walk or run long distances every single day, and that's what keeps us healthy and strong, um, and we are very good at that. I mean, back in the caveman days, we were um, – doing persistence hunting when we would outrun our prey. So this has a long, long history. It's not just modern-day men and women out there doing marathons. This, this has history to it. This is what we've done. In fact, I tried to get off the ground a TV series uh, called Run the Planet um, with a friend of mine, and we tried to get this. We ended up doing the pilot um, for the series in the outback of Australia Reenacting an Aboriginal legend of a guy who had run 250 k's in order to save a friend. Um, and that was just one of the stories that we uncovered. And we uncovered all these stories all around the world from different tribes um, of, that were proof that as humans, we've always done this long distance stuff. I mean, if you've read Born to Run, if you haven't, you must go and read that book as well. Um, that's all about the Tarahumara Indians who are known for their endurance feats. Um, so this really goes back to our ancestral way of being, and um, I think it's you know part of the reason why we we do so well in this sport. Now the other advantage is you don't have to be twenty years old to be successful in this sport. You don't. Your life isn't over at twenty five. In fact, in ultra marathon running, the average age is about forty two for ultra marathon runners. The average age of the first time ultra runner is 36 your endurance apparently doesn't peak till around 48 and from there on it's only a very slow decline um so a 19 year old and a 64 year old are apparently on the same level and these are not statistics that i've come up with these are from different studies as i said um so it's the sort of thing that you can excel at later on in life and you also will find that the more experience that you have the better you'll become. So it's not just about being fit physically. It's very much about having experience facing different situations and different difficulties and having the ability to overcome those, uh, if that makes sense. So age doesn't have to be a barrier in ultramarathon running, which it is for most sports, let's be honest. You can't be a professional rugby player at the age of 50. You can't, you know, I don't know, be top of your game in netball, 
you know, later on in life, you have to have done it in your early days, certainly with things like gymnastics and so on. It's a, it's a young person sport, but this is really a sport where older people excel and experience counts. Another great thing I think is that women do particularly well in ultramarathon running because um, statistically men are still better than us over this over the you know the distances, but the longer the distance, uh, the closer that gets. And certainly in some of the biggest races of the world, a, a woman has been on the top of the podium many times. Um, so there's not that much difference between the sexes as there is in most sports where it comes down to muscle power or strength or all-out speed because ultramarathoning is really more about what's up here and how much you can overcome. And we have a, as women, we have a, um, I've read some studies that we have a better ability to burn fat than the guys do on average. Um, I don't know what the latest studies are on that, but it's, it's, it does seem and in my experience of running all around the world and seeing women in these races, uh, very often we're close to the top, if not at the top. Um, I know in Death Valley, for example, a couple of times a woman has been on top of the podium. So that's quite exciting, um, sort of levels out the, 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 the differences in the sexes and the differences in the ages. And it also teaches you the... Um, overcome fears and I think this is one of the biggest advantages is that we have fear every day in our lives and we're facing different situations and there's a huge amount of change and and transformation that we're going through as a society and learning to deal with fear and function anyway is a really really good thing Um, and you do have fears when you're doing ultras especially if you're doing in, in dangerous locations like I've done a lot of them um, or if you're running through the night in the middle of a mountain or a desert somewhere on your own, it's damn scary. Um, you know, so you learn to function with that. Um, it can also lower your anxiety levels because you're out there burning up cortisol and, um, um, well, that's not completely true. You do produce more cortisol when you're actually training, but on average it lowers your anxiety levels when you go outside and you exert yourself. Okay, so those are all of the pros that I've come up with for ultramarathon running. I'm sure there's a whole lot more. Um, another great thing is that you belong to a pretty exclusive group of people. You know, there's only like 0.000.1% of the population or whatever it is that actually does ultramarathons, and certainly in the longer ultramarathons. So, you know, it's a pretty cool group, group to be a part of. And the social aspect is also not to be underestimated. Typically in ultramarathoning, it's not just about the winners and it's not just about winning. It's about overcoming yourself and overcoming the obstacles and you and nature. It's not, well, for most of us, it's not about being at the absolute top of the podium and that's not the number one thing that people cite when they, when they set out to do an ultramarathon. Um, and it isn't even all about times. It's not like marathon running where it's all about what time did you do. Do it under three hours or under four hours or whatever your goals are and it's all very, you know, uh, a measuring contest. <laughs> um, it's not so much in the ultra scene. as we're certainly in trail ultras. It's, it's far more about um, finding out what you're made of and becoming stronger doing it. So let's go now to some of the, the cons and the disadvantages of uh, running ultramarathons or the dangers of running ultramarathons. 
Um, firstly, some of these are run in very dangerous places. Like I said, um, I had some pretty scary times in some of those deserts, especially in the Sahara and Egypt and Niger and Jordan and places that were, you know, pretty dodgy. Um, not only from a nature perspective, but also from the people and going through war zones and stuff like that. Okay, it's like we have a jolt marathon, but we, we do put ourselves in, in a dangerous situation sometimes. We might be running through mountains in the middle of the night. We might be alone. So there is an element of danger. A lot of people find that as a, you know, the draw card of this, but it is, you know, a possible disadvantage. Um, the next thing for disadvantages, I'd say, would be like you're sacrificing a hell of a lot of time, energy, and your life um, to do an ultra marathon. Even though, like, we uh, from Running Hot Coaching, in a coaching perspective, are not high mileage coaches, so we try to keep the time commitment within reason um, to prepare for ultra marathons, and we include our strength training and our mobility training and the nutrition and the mindset as part of all that package. However, it's still a relatively decent time commitment to do the sort of to prepare well for an ultra marathon. Um, and this means sacrificing time perhaps with your loved ones, your children, your, your partner, your business, your your life, you know, goes on hold when you're preparing for some big scary race. And that if I look back over my life, I probably asked a lot of, of my, you know, my husband or my, my parents certainly and my friends to, you know, put up with the fact that I'm not readily available for them because I'm off running some ridiculous thing every day. Um, so that is a real big sacrifice and, and that's something that, you know, in the last couple of years I couldn't do. I had to reprioritize my life with um, mum being so ill and with business and, you know, you can't always uh, commit to that level of, of dedication. It does require a massive dedication. Okay, so what are some of the other stuff, right? From a, from a health perspective, I'll tell you some of the, the, the health issues that I've come across, um, and these may or may not affect you, and I've done some pretty extreme things to my body, so you know, take this with a grain of salt if you're doing a 50K. You're not going to have a lot of these. But you can get um, problems with your kidneys. So rhabdomyolysis is a very common uh, problem amongst ultramarathon runners. So this is where your body starts to break down its muscle and proteins and uh, the crystals get clogged up into your kidneys and this can cause kidney damage. Now, this is usually temporary, um, but rhabdomyolysis is something that you need to take seriously. If you start to see like pockets of fluid and you, you, know, you get a little pop tummy when you normally wouldn't um, and you're racing, then it could be that your, your kidneys are having a hard time keeping up um, with the breakdown of, of the muscles that are happening. Um, so kidney damage is a, is, a, is, a, is a real problem, especially if you're also running dehydrated and in extremely hot climates, which is what I specialised in. And I had rhabdomyolysis dozens of times in my life and I have now permanent kidney problems. Um, one of the reasons why I'm not doing anything because I don't really want to end up on dialysis and we're not, you know, near that yet. But if I want to have longevity, then that was something that has led to problems. Um, another problem that I run into is burnout and adrenal exhaustion. 
So I have made the troubles with um, my HPA axis, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Um, my cortisol levels are in the gutter from the amount of stress that I've put my body and my mind through in life. Um, so not just ultra running, but definitely that had a, a big part to play, pushing the absolute boundaries all the time. And this has had other knock-on effects for my health that I can't 100% correlate, but I believe it's contributed to a lot of the problems that I've got. So burnout is a real, real problem. Adrenal exhaustion is a problem. Cortisol um, cortisol uh, tables, if you do a cortisol graph of, of what your cortisol is doing during the day, which you can do tests for, um, you could see that that's not good. And Cortisol is responsible for so many things in our, in our life, in our body. So when our body is under stress, for example, um, then we are shutting down our immune system. We're not shutting it down, but we are definitely hindering our immune system. We are hindering our digestive system so we can end up with digestive problems and we can get sick and we're opening the door to lots of problems and possible diseases because we are under stress. And so stress, whether it comes in the form of mental stress or from running ultra marathons or from uh, emotional stress, from relationships and so on, um, all of these things, you have a stress bucket and if you're putting too much into it and ultra marathon training and running is a big part of that stress load. So if you have a very highly stressed job and you have a very highly stressed relationship and you've got children and, and then you go and try and put ultra marathon running on top of that, you can overload your bucket and you can end up in major trouble health-wise um, because stress is the number one killer in the world, okay? So it's something that needs to be taken into consideration. Exercise is a form of stress for your body. It's a form of stress that when we are not overloaded with other types of stress, that is actually good for us and causes us to adapt and change and get stronger. However, if you are overdoing it, over overcommitting um, your resources to the training, then stress can be very, very detrimental to every health system in your body, from your hormones, through your adrenals and your cortisol, through your heart, through you name it, it, your digestive system, your immune system, as I said, all of these factors can be affected. And that's one of the reasons why at Running Hot Coaching, we have something called a wellness check, which is just a simple little um, uh, spreadsheet that we like to get our athletes to fill out every day to see where they're sitting. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how was your sleep? How was your stress levels? How are your injuries? And we have a whole list of things that they go through. And if they have very low scores, then we'll pull them back on their training. And if they have very high scores, then they can go for it. You can also do this with heart rate variability. If you've got uh, access to a, um, monitors that will check your heart rate variability, it will give you sort of similar feedback. So whether you use the, the analog or the digital approach, um, but this is something that we need to keep an eye on, your total stress levels so that you don't get into overtraining. Then, of course, another negative effect is possible injuries, whether that's, you know, breaking your ankle because you fell over or twisting your ankle or getting overuse injuries, um, uh, you know, problems with your knees, with your hips, with your back, um, all of these things. And a, and a lot of this can be mitigated, can't be ruled out, obviously, but can be mitigated by doing 
run specific strength training training and that's why we're really big on the strength training for runners it's not cross training it is running training it's a part of running training you need to be doing a strength workout you need strong hips you need strong core you need strong upper back you need strong quads and all of these things have a, a real um one-to-one correlation with how many injuries you'll face over your lifetime so strength training is a really important aspect of that and so is mobility work that's your stretching your um, pilates your yoga your myofascial release massage foam rolling all of those things don't neglect those aspects we're really big on those at running hot and making sure that you're uh, doing those so that you don't run into these injury problems and um, things like yoga can really calm um, the body down and get you into a parasympathetic state. So this means that you're actually lowering the stress, lowering the cortisol release, and this can really benefit you as well. So it's about balancing them out. So meditation, deep breathing exercises, yoga, uh, all of these things help balance out the the running training. So running training is a sympathetic activity, meaning it's it's taxing the sympathetic nervous system. It's not parasympathetic. It's not meditation. It is not slowing and calming you down. It's doing the opposite. So sometimes we need to balance that out with with doing that mobility work, with doing um, things like meditation and deep breathing and just lowering, once again, those stress levels, those overall stress levels. Um, one of the other things that, Ultramarathon running, and a negative part of it is that, that it's a catabolic activity by nature, which means it is eating your muscles up slowly. Um, and doing an ultra, a really long ultra, say 100 mile or more, you can be burning a hell of a lot of muscle mass, uh, which is bad for your kidneys, but also bad for your musculoskeletal system. Um, and so we need to counteract that with strength training so that you don't end up losing muscle mass. You see a lot of older runners especially uh, who look like, you know, beef jerky for the want of a better word. <laughs> very, very thin, very low BMI, but also very low muscle mass. And we don't, that is not good. It is, it is good from a cardiovascular point of view and a BMI point of view, but it's not great from a muscle, you need muscles um, and you need strength and you need um, these aspects to, to keep you strong. We don't want bulk, but we do want strong, you know, strong and muscles that can help us stay upright when we're running long times, which helps our digestion, which helps all the other sorts of things. So that's, that's that side of it, the catabolic uh, problems. Um you can also have some basic things happen to you, like problems with your eyes when you're always outside running in dry, windy climates. Um, you've seen quite a few eye injuries. Um, sleep deprivation when you're running through days um, doing ultras. And even in the training, you can have less sleep if you're trying to fit in your life plus training. Um, so these are negative things. Sleep is just absolutely crucial. Obviously, when you're doing an ultramarathon, you're in the middle of a 100-mile or a uh, 200k or whatever, you're going to have sleep deprivation and you're going to be like uh, completely gaga. But if in daily life at least you can try and get an, an adequate amount of, um, of sleep. Um, another thing that we have more of is, is ultramarathon runners is upper respiratory ailments. So we are more likely to have asthma, we're more likely to have exercise-induced asthma, more likely to have hay fever and allergies. 
because we're using our lungs right, we're breathing hard out. And um, so we need to just be aware of those and work on it. Another thing that it's also bad for, and I have this on advice from uh, my midwife, um, that it can be quite bad for the pelvic floor for women. Um, and I don't know all the details of that, but we can have problems um, in that department. So running super long distance, not great for the pelvic floor, and we need to counteract that once again with some strength exercises. Um, typically during ultras, you also quite often face things like hitting the wall and nausea and vomiting and dysentery. It's a very glamorous sport, this one. Um, and those are things that usually typically pass pretty quickly, but um, very unpleasant in the moment um, and can certainly ruin your race if, if, it, if it gets that bad. So I hope I've covered a lot of ground today, um, talked flat stick about all the pros and the cons, and I've got two pages here that I've written notes of, and I tell you what, there's twice as many pros as there is cons. So just remember that there is some cons there, there is some things that we need to be aware of and to mitigate, but there's also massive amounts of things that are really, really beneficial. So if you've liked this uh, little session today, please give us a comment. I'd love a five-star rating, of course, on iTunes. Um, these little things really help uh, content producers like me get our word out and get known for what, what you're teaching. Um, so all of that help is really, really appreciated, guys. So thanks for listening today. If you've got any questions, please reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about your running, about your health, fitness, about hormones. Um, we do a whole lot of hit. Uh, health testing at Running Hot Coaching. So we're not strictly run coaches, we're also health coaches. We also do epigenetic testing and we also have Mindset uh, mindset Academy. So um, if you're interested in any of those sort of things, please let me know. Right, guys, thanks very much for your time today and we'll see you soon. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com. 